As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to You Irons, the West Ham podcast from The Athletic. I'm Sam Delaney. With me as always is The Athletic's West Ham correspondent, Rashane Thomas. And once again, we speak to you in the aftermath of another West Ham victory last night against Leeds United. Um, weren't at our best, but another routine three points in the bag, Rochelle. I can't get my head around it. What did you think of the performance? A bit shaky in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Leeds scored two goals. Obviously, both were offside. So I think, you know, no, what's happening here? Like, Diop, wake up, what's going on? Yeah. Midfield, wake up, what's going on? And after the team settled down, started to create some really good chances. And yeah, from then onwards, the team grew in confidence. And I thought the um, the build-up play prior to the penalty, I thought I was really good. I was really impressed with that. So once the team got into rhythm, it looked like we're going to stop scoring, really. So obviously, 2-0 win, could have scored more goals. Dawson had a few chances, Lingard had a few chances. So, yeah, good performance in the end. But, and the thing is, we're learning to win ugly. That's, that's the beauty yeah. of it. We're learning to win ugly and, and digging deep. And it's great to see. Sometimes we play great. Sometimes we play average. But either way, we're hard to score against. You're right. Those first 10 minutes were very worrying when they got the ball in the net <laughs> twice. And, and I think you're right. I got stuck into him last week. And I, I'm going to a little bit again. Is that I thought Diop looked like a little bit flat-footed in the opening stages. And I yeah. kept thinking, oh, I can't stop thinking about Ogbonna. I can't stop thinking to myself, what would have Ogbonna done there? Or yeah. Ogbonna would have cleared that. Or that would have never happened with Ogbonna. But anyway, there's no point thinking about that. It's, a, it's a like keep thinking about your ex-girlfriend. You've got to put it behind <laughs> you. Ogbonna's not around for the time being. Um, but the thing is, Rashane, what's mad is, is that even when I thought in the opening exchanges that they were having more possession and we didn't look like we could get hold of the ball and all of that stuff. In the past, I would have been either my response traditionally to West Ham getting off to a bad start in a game, which is usually been extremely common in seasons gone by, is I either become very angry or I become sort of indifferent to the game. I just sort of straight away, well, this is going nowhere. We're shit. We're going to lose. And I start getting distracted, looking at my phone, whatever, you know. But last night I didn't because David Moyes now has got me thinking that even when we're playing shit, it's part of his plan. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we seed possession. We are, oh, this is just part of his plan here. 
We're lulling them in. There's no way this can be happening by mistake or by accident. It must be something David Moyes has told them to go and do. That's the level that he now occupies in my mind. Do you know what I mean? Someone who is so tactically brilliant that he, he'll, he'll tell them, right, pretend we're shit. It's like a hustle. It's like when you yeah. pretend you're shit at pool if you hustle. I mean, I am shit at pool. But <laughs> if you're good at pool and you pretend to be yeah. shit, it's a hustle. Um, I'm not sure. I'm probably exaggerating that in my imagination. But what I'm saying is I kind of feel calm even when things are going badly for us at the moment. Did you get that feeling? Oh, for sure. And again, it's another sign of the um, of the improvement we made under David Moyes. I said it last week in the podcast. Even if West Ham go 1-0 down, I'm still confident West Ham could draw or come back to mm. win. I had no confidence that would be a thing under Pellegrini. But yeah. with David Moyes, I feel like he can win. The team will, you know, shore things up and improve. And to be fair to David Moyes, in the first 10 minutes of things a bit shaky, Mike, he was angry on the touchline, Sam. He was, was so he? angry. Oh, my. It was, it was funny oh, to watch. Good. I can't lie. It was funny to watch because he was like, Can you hear him? Can you hear the actual no. words or do you just no. not get the vibe? Uh, we couldn't hear the words, but you could see what he's doing with his hands and like getting angry, players having like, making passes yeah. go, go straight and whatnot. So it's funny to see, but yeah, all in all, managed to um, get composed again and get the win. And just touching on Diop, right? When he was a bit shaky, you know what I'm asking of? He's like a kid, he's excited in a sweet shop. They're like, oh my goodness, look at all these sweets, look at mm. all these sweets. But you have the older brother, he's like, listen, I've been here, I want a t shirt. Don't get yourself overexcited, mate. Yeah. Um, so the first goal, Lingard did well to win it. Uh, what did you think about the fact that Rice gave the ball to him? All right. I, I like in a sense where Rice was like, listen, I scored last week. Here's a chance for you to score. Well, not, obviously not, not against Man City, but the previous yeah, one. Yeah. Here's a chance for you to score. And I sort of like that in the fact where Rice thought that much of Lingard. He thought, you know what? I'm, I know I'm on penalty duties, but listen, here's another chance for you to score. Build your confidence. Keep doing well for us. That's how I interpret it. Yeah. And obviously after the match, Declan was like, listen, <laughs> you got a hammer from David Moyes. Moyes was like, listen, don't you dare do that again. You're the, yeah. you're the man on penalties. But I just sort of liked it in the sense where Declan Rice was like, listen, you're, you're in great form for us right now. Keep scoring. Um, I, I think that you can put the ball in the back of the net. So that, that's how I interpreted it. What about yourself? I, I think the, your interpretation's right, but I think he was wrong to do it. I yeah. think I think it reflects well on, on Declan Rice. He's a great captain. Yeah. He's got this inclusive approach. He's done a good job. I, I think, as we've said before, he's played a really big part in, in that brilliant team spirit that we can all see when we watch them. And that was, and I think your analysis is correct. He thought, well, this is good. This player's buzzing already. And this will just do wonders for his confidence. Declan doesn't need any help with his confidence. He's not that sort of player. He goes into every game. It That comes from within, I think. You know, whereas attacking players like Lingard, they tend to need, like, they feel like they've got that momentum about them. So I, I think you're right. But I think he was wrong to do it, really. I mean, it's not something I'm particularly angry about, but... I think that really I can understand why Moyes was angry because you pick a penalty taker and you stick to it. And it's important that you stick to it because it prevents all sorts of um, arguments and recriminations afterwards. So, for instance, if Declan Rice is the appointed penalty taker and he misses a penalty, it's a shame, but that's the way it goes. And the manager appointed him. So the manager takes that, right? It's, it would be, have been, you know, if Lingard hadn't got that rebound, it would have been very difficult and it would have probably caused a bad situation in the dressing room at half time. And so you're opening up to all sorts of bad situations. 
Plus the simple thing is, if you know you're the regular penalty taker, then you would hope that you are practicing those penalties in training and you're getting your head right and you're getting your head in the right place for it as well because so much of it is psychological with penalties. So I think it was the wrong decision, but thank God he uh, he got the rebound and we didn't have to worry about it. This is Jay Ling, Sam. Jay Ling can do anything. Jay Ling, yeah, Jay Ling can. Right. But you know what? It shows for me, it shows how mature Declan Rice is, 22 and... He didn't make a big scene out of it. It's like, you know what? I think you can put the ball back in. Obviously, I know mm. the initial penalty was saved, what's called the rebound. So, for me, it also shows us how mature Declan Rice is again, growing into a great young leader. So, so yeah, definitely. Uh, and after that. we got that goal, there was a very good period where it looked like we might run riot. Leeds, who had looked very confident and on the front foot, they kind of fell to pieces a little bit after that goal. It hit them for six. Then we got the, the header. And at that stage, once we went 2-0 up, I thought the floodgates are going to open here. I got very excited. Cresswell denied by the free kick. Looking to produce from the corner. And they've got another one. What a start for West Ham. And Craig Dawson it is, who's made it 2-0. Second half, it was almost like we were happy to just sit. Do you think part of Moyes' game plan is contain your energy, play within yourselves when you can. Not every performance has to be in fifth gear. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But had if we had met a side that was a bit more clinical, it could have been a different story because yeah. I felt like Leeds created a lot of good chances in the second half. Bamford had a good chance, pretty much unmarked, and his side for went over the bar. So, and listen, I got a bit nervy in the last like 15 minutes. Um, I was thinking, oh my goodness, 2 no up, this team... Leeds are applying a lot of pressure here. Like, don't don't concede a goal. Please don't concede it. Because, you know, the West Ham concede a goal, then you're thinking, oh, is it going to be a draw? Are they going to hold out to win? So, and obviously West Ham created a few good chances. 4-0 hitting the crossbar. Ben Rama had a few good chances. So I saw the sort of take that opinion of yours. But I think it's a case where this West Ham should just be more clinical. Try and try and get the third goal. Don't be content with just being two goals. Yeah. The, the beauty of, of there not being any fans, obviously it's, it's a shame fans are not being present, but we get to sort of hear what the players say on the pitch. So quite often we hear Declan Rice say, come on, come on, lads, like, don't get complacent. We've got to keep doing it. But the moment, second half, where Craig Dawson said to Jesse Lingard, come on, like, we need you right now. We need more movement from you. We need to do more. So, yeah, so, yeah, so it should be a thing where West Ham should look to score more goals and not be content. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think there's a lot of games where we have periods of domination and we create chances because we've got so many creative players in the team. We're going to create chances. And that's quite aside from the fact that we're, so successful from set pieces and yet we don't bury enough of them. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Hello listeners, sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favour to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. What about performances, mate? I mean, I, uh, you and I are both big fans of Ben Rama. I was delighted to see him start the game. I thought he started slow, but he did pull out a couple of like exciting moments as the game went on, didn't he? Yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought Ben Rama had a really good game. I really do. And I, I could tell he looked a bit disappointed to be coming off around like the 70-minute mark. He looked like, oh, come on, Gaffer, let me play yeah. a 490. Yeah. Let me just play one 490, come on. But listen, <laughs> it will happen in due course. I just think it's a case where Moy just... Just want to see elements of of of, of uh, Ben Rama like progressing well. I saw I still think there's an element of Ben Rama's game where he's a bit over the top and stuff like odd yeah. step over like keep it simple. One touch off. too many. One yeah, touch one too, many. Touch and, too many. And even if it's not a touch, sometimes he will wait too long to release the ball. Like when there's a player overlapping him, the easy pass might be like the fullback running. Like so, it might be Cresswell running down the left. And it's the easy pass to just play it into his path, especially when you know that Cresswell, more often than not, will get there and deliver, right? Whereas Ben Rama loves to faint that way and then come inside. Yeah, so true. You can trick the defender by coming inside and doing the less obvious thing, but then you still have to go from there and do something. Do you know what I mean? It's not enough to just trick him. You have to create it. Whereas if you've knocked it down to Cresswell on the overlap, there will be a chance because Cresswell will more more often than not he will deliver a, a decent cross into the box. The thing about Ben Rama is he must he is motivated to keep working on improving his game and not take and he's not going to take liberties or take the piss for the fun of it in games because he knows that Moyes will have him out on his ear next match and there's every chance he might be out in the next match. So I agree with you. He played decent. But none of those players behind Antonio are guaranteed a play. I would say at the moment, Lingard is the closest. I would say Lingard pretty much can expect to be in the team. Antonio, obviously, if only because there's no other option. But Antonio always performs well. But Bowen, Fornals and Ben Rama have all, at various stages in recent weeks, been dropped. Often after pretty decent performances as well. Like I can say I like it. I really like it because the thing is, right, it creates competition. Like, you have to value your place in the team. You can't take it for granted. Like, as you touched on, under Pellegrini, like, how many players, Sebastian Hare, Anderson, and so on and so forth, were, like, garbage. And then you know they're going to be in the start 11 in the next game. And again, they're garbage the following week. And then, you know, you know what I mean? It's just a, a repeating cycle. But on the, on the more, it's like, listen, if you're not on it, you're not, you're not even going to come off the bench. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's reached that point where if you're not on it, you won't come off the bench and the players will always be motivated. They want to keep doing well. They want to drive each other on in training ground. I love to see that because it's good. It creates competition and it's affecting the performances. You'll see like, the team playing well, the fans being happy performances. And the thing is, right, if a player doesn't play well, like a Bowen or Ben Ram or Four Niles, they'll think deep down, oh, I need to be on it. I need to work hard. I need to do extra stuff. And it's been working in West Ham's favour so far. The uh, Talking of the, the bench... The squad and the bench looking very thin at the moment. Last night, two keepers on there. And I don't think for a moment that was because we had big concerns over fitness. I think it was because we had to just make up the numbers. A couple of youngsters on there too. That is going to be the biggest stumbling block for us in our pursuit of a European place, potential Champions League place, I would say. Form-wise, quality-wise at the moment, 
I would say we're ready to compete with Chelsea, Everton and all the other teams who are going for that spot, right? But squad-wise, we, we, we can't really afford it, any more injuries at all between now. We've got 11 games left and I think our chances are going to come down to whether or not our players stay fit, right? I feel like the fact that we only have to leave to focus on could work in West Ham's favour. You've got Chelsea, you know, top four rival. They have the FA Cup, the Champions League. They have so many fixtures to, to yeah. be concerned about. West Ham, this is the league. And less is the risk, obviously, of injuries. But as you touched on, if Antonio or Suchek or right, or even a Cresswell, it's off injury, you're thinking, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. And I, still, I feel like Moyes have been great in terms of recruitment, but that's the one area, that's the next step in terms of progression, having a good squad that players like a Lanzini or or Odebeck or what have you will come off the bench and you know they can score, you know they mm. can provide an assist. I feel mm. like at this present moment in time, the only player off the, who could have an, an impact off the bench is Ben Rama. Barry yeah. Ben Rama, I can't really see anyone else have Well, play. Bowen, last yeah, yeah, night, but, yeah. when, I, when I looked yeah. at the bench, because Bowen didn't start, you always look at the bench and the first thought most of us think is, what can this bench do if things don't work out and we're trailing in the second half? And you look for at least one player. And Bowen's a great player in a situation like that because although he hasn't been at his best recently, fresh off the bench with this pace, you think he can make a difference. Either way, this squad needs adding to, whether we get into Europe or not. You know, whether it's Champions League or Europa League, right? But even if we, we miss out on both of those, heaven forbid, this squad needs building. And that is a double-edged sword because we've talked about it loads on this pod. This squad has brilliant spirit and it's going to be have to be a very careful process because we don't need two names, two players. We we need half a dozen players minimum in this yeah. squad, really. I don't mean that's an exaggeration. You need six players. Yeah, and I, I agree. But to be fair, I, I I I have full faith in David Moyes that he'll he'll get a spot. I don't feel like mm. let's say West Ham finished top four. I don't think it'll be a thing where we suffer from second season syndrome. If anything, it'll be a thing where we do even better. <laughs> we yeah. do even better next season. And you touch Liverpool. I look at Liverpool right now. I feel like one of the reasons why they're struggling. They've been running to the ground in terms of how they play. There's mm. no one off that bench you can think, oh, they can score, they can have an impact. And I'm confident in terms of the recruitment so far that West Ham can identify someone who'll be, not even someone, more than one player, in fact, who can come off the bench and just be a game changer. And I feel like Moyes will get that. I def- and I feel like the reason why he didn't sign a striker in, in uh, January, yeah. for example, confident in the squad, didn't want to upset the balance. I remember, um, I think it may have been Newcastle in the 90s and he signed a striker. Uh, a spree, yes, yeah. that's the one. And they just, oh, it just ruined all their momentum. The wheels came off, yeah. yeah. The wheels came off the juggernaut, and yeah. yeah, that that is the problem we face. But you're right, Moyes is a, a steady, level-headed bloke. He obviously is not someone who just jumps on the first shiny thing he sees in the transfer market, and he does take these issues into account. So you know, it'll be interesting to see what the club do. One thing for sure, he talked in the build-up. Um, I assume it was in a conference that you were in about Declan Rice now being worth more than a hundred million. I think he's right, but I tell you what, irrespective of the fee, I, I, I'm now more confident than I have been in two years that Rice is going nowhere for the time being. No chance, yeah. <laughs> no chance. And, and the thing is, why would you want to leave? Like, why would you want to leave rest time right now? You're 22. The fans love you. You're the captain on the field. I know Mark well, is the captain. They, off I mean, that. you know, Man City. If Man City come in for you and go, mate, we see you as our long-term replacement as captain. We're putting you on a quarter of a million pound a week and you're a guaranteed starter. 
you're going to take over from Fernandinho, which is completely plausible. Yep, you can yep. see Guardiola pitching it like that. That is, let's be honest, even if West Ham end up finishing fourth, even if we end up finishing season second, that is going to tempt him. But I think it's got to be something of that extreme level that's going to tempt him away, right? Oh, for sure. And I look at Man City right now, what we had, as you touched on, Fernandinho, Rodri. I think, is he going to get in a starting level ahead of Rodri right now? Still, what, 27, 28, so still in the prime of his years. Mm. Perhaps not. I look at Liverpool, we have Jordan Henderson, maybe Liverpool. But United, they have what, Scott, Scott McTominay, Fred. Chelsea don't, Chelsea don't, Chelsea don't want him. <laughs> you know Chelsea what I mean? Him, they, they don't want him now. So I think you're, you're better off staying at West Ham. And the thing is, right, if you think about it, just looking back on history, the grass is always green on the other side. You could leave mm. West Ham and try and get to another club that play Champions League football, and you'll just be one of many players. But at West Ham, you're arguably one of the best players. But as I mentioned, the fans love you. You're doing well on the pitch. You're progressing so well on David Moyes. You're in the international. Who to say you go to a big club and you're still playing week in, week out? Like these are these are things with Declan Rice to weigh up. So I think he's better off staying at West Ham. Keep doing his thing. Keep playing well. And yeah, when it gets to about let's say 25, 24, then you can invite your things and be like, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to leave. I think that you could. I I think that the England captain's Harry Kane, right? Harry Kane is always has a good season. He's not had one of his better seasons, but even an off-season with Harry Kane is usually decent, right? I'm not saying that his place in the England team is under threat. However, I would say that next time he's not playing, Rice will be one of the people that Southgate will consider for the armband. And once Rice is captain England whilst at West Ham, that's a very big deal. That's not like, oh, I'm winning caps at West Ham. It's like, you are currently getting the opportunity, even if it's once in a while, to captain England. If you go to City or Liverpool and spend a season sitting on the bench, you can forget that. No one's picking a substitute as England captain anymore. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see him maybe in a friendly or something like that, lead the team out. And like I always say, I'm not that bothered about England, but if it can work in our favour, which I think it does in Declan Rice's case, then I'm all for it. As soon as we're talking about England, um, Craig Dawson, Virgil van Dorsen. Virgil van Dorsen. Virgil van Dorsen. Is he going to go to the Euros with the England team? Of course, I think we're all agreed he should do because he's got to be the best English centre-back in the Premier League right now. But will he? I'm not sure about the Euros, but he should definitely be uh, named in the next England squad. That's for sure. Three goals in 13 league appearances. The only defender, English defender, I should say, who's better on current form right now is John Stones. Right now, Virgil van Dorsen's playing a lot better than Harry Maguire, a lot better than Eric Dyer, and all the other English defenders, barring uh, John Stones. He definitely deserves a place in the uh, England squad. I feel like West Ham, obviously, we all know Declan Rice is great. I'd even go so far and say he's a generational talent. But I feel like West Ham, quite often, it's been a club where, you know, previous England manager looked at and thought, yeah, West Ham, but do I really want to pick a player from West Ham to play for England? I feel like that's sort of been the perception in the past. And I feel like that needs to change. You've got Aaron Cresswell doing brilliant, deserves to be in the squad. You've got someone like um, Jesse Lingard doing so well, deserves to get another England recall. I look at players in the past like Mikel Antonio, been underappreciated to the point where he's thinking, you know what, I'm not going to play for England. Why not switch allegiance to play for Jamaica? Make my family, make my family proud in that sense. And I feel like that needs to change. Southgate should be attending matches at the London Stadium. He should be... Oxen, David Moyes about the likes of Lingard, Dawson, and Cresswell. What are they like? How can he? How can he? Um, you know, help us. How can he help England? Because they deserve to be in that squad. That's for sure. And I feel like 
it's a bit disrespectful <laughs> that you know managed to keep keep looking at West Ham and not giving the players the credit they deserve because they're playing well right now. Cresswell, best probably the best left back in the country. Lingard doing so good right now. Like, look at all the good stuff that's happening at the club. West Ham are fifth. And three English players, as I mentioned, they deserve to be in the squad. Definitely deserve to be in the squad. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So the only one out of those players that we're talking about is Rice, you know. So it, it it's really incredible that David Moyes has managed to t- turn these lads who've been around for a long time. He's helped them when they should be reaching the autumn of their career, let's say, right? He's made all of those players we mentioned, they're on the best form of their entire career. I mean, I can't speak for Dawson. We've seen Cresswell and Antonio for their whole Premier League careers. Dawson, you know, I well, I know, we know, because we spoke to Watford fans in advance of this season when we first signed Dawson, and none of them were encouraging at yeah. all about <laughs> Dawson. I think distinctly average was like one of the more complimentary phrases that I heard from a Watford fan. I don't know how he's regarded by West Brom fans, but it's just incredible. He won man the match again last night. He probably would have been my man the match as well. I mean, the blokes are colossus in each and every game, isn't it? I agree. And like he's always a threat on set pieces. He always goes up and you think he could score today. Like he yeah. really could score. And listen, I'm not here to promote betting, but fake Carlton Cole on Twitter always puts out this picture of like, I'm going to put a £10 bet on Dawson to score a header. Like, yeah, it make, why not? Every, yeah, it makes me laugh every week because... I see people like, oh, look, I put a £10 bill. Look how much money I want. It's just so funny. Yeah. But listen, as, as you mentioned, a lot of fans wrote him off when he joined. I wrote him off. Listen, I, I, I'll admit that. And he's turned it around to the point where we're talking about Dawson potentially being involved in England squad. That tells you how far this guy has come. And I know you touched on the fact that the three players I mentioned are like sort of veterans in terms of age. But it's down to the fact they've been overlooked for so long. I know Gareth Sargate wants to go down a younger path, but... You have a bit of experience in there. Oh, I'll, I'll hold, I know the head rather to like guide the, play, the young players through games or to be that sort of presence in the dressing room. It can't just be totally nothing but young players. And listen, it doesn't have to be involved in the Euros, but they deserve the recognition to at least be involved in the squad. Let them feel like, you know what, I've worked hard. Here's, here's my, um, you know, here, here's a show, here's a platform to show what I can do at international level. I feel like they deserve that chance. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Lingard, any update uh, from, from your end on, on whether or not we're going to make that deal permanent in the summer? Still, still no update from uh, from uh, regarding Lingard's future. Perhaps the only thing to add is that there'll be a lot more, um, a lot more zeros. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might add off a lot more zeros. But well, there's I've an update. Seen... Yeah, I can say there's an update on Craig Dawson because um, last night after the match, I asked David Moyes uh, if it's likely that West Ham will make that loan door permanent before the end of the season. I said there's a good chance. There's a good chance we'll make permanent. And I feel like that's, that's something West Ham should definitely do. Think about the impact he's had and how probably cheap it would be. You think yeah. about how it compares to other defenders. I mean, I've heard people say it's like the deal's already agreed that it would be, or not agreed, but when the loan was done, a figure for the permanent transfer was agreed then. It was like, I think it's something like four million quid. I mean, the bloke's playing like a 70 million pound defender right now. And and of course, he's not worth that because of his age. But I would say the way he looks, you're, gonna, you're confident you get at least two more seasons out of him in that form. But for four million quid, 
I mean, that's about how much we paid for Jesse Lingard for a loan fee for half <laughs> yeah. the season. Yeah. Even if even if Dawson gives us six more months playing the way he's yeah. playing, I'm happy for four million uh, no. quid. Uh, for sure. You know what, all right? I'm getting like Italian manager vibes from David Moyes. Because you know in Serie A, you have all these like, players in the 30s are all in their peak. You've got like, Ashley Young and Ed yeah. Milan, he's 35 and he's doing good. Yeah. I'm getting some Italian, like you've got Cresswell, the new the English version of Paolo Mardini. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Yeah, I think, but the thing is as well, is that these players now, 30 is not what it once was, right? Because of the way in which they, you know, they don't, none of them drink, let alone smoke. They all eat well. They, they, they're incredible. You know, they're incredible athletes. So, your fitness levels. I mean, if you look at Lingard's pace, they, you know, they can't be... It, I, I can't imagine he was much faster than that 10 years ago, right? And and also, Antonio. Antonio's just as fast and as physical as he ever was. But plus, they've got the experience in their head. So maybe, we said earlier, you know, 27, 28 is considered the peak. I think that, you know, if they're, if they're coaching them correctly, training them correctly, then maybe 30-31 becomes the new peak because they have that intelligence to go with it, that calm, the decision-making and all those things we're talking about Ben Rama needs to bring to his game. These lads have all got it. I mean, you see that with Lingard. You can see the difference in experience between him and Ben Rama. They're both fantastic players. I love it when they start a game together. But Lingard usually makes the right decision on the ball, doesn't he? Yeah. You you know he's going to create, yeah. Um, and it's just because he's older than him. Noble, what one-year contract extension? Is is yeah. that happening? Yeah, that's correct. A one-year contract. One, yeah, one-year contract extension. I think it's great news for the fans. Great news for the club. And I feel like obviously the fact that there's no supporters to ten games is a great shame because when you think about last season when Noble made his 500 appearance against Watford, like mm. such a great milestone, and I know fans at the stadium to like give him the reception he deserves. So it's great news. Who knows, Sam? Next season, Champions League final, you've got Mark Noble coming off the bench. You, oh, you, know, you never, you never know. You never know. So listen, Mark Noble was still a hugely important figure at the club. He's taken Ben Johnson on his wing. He's an important air for young players. Listen, I think it's really good news. I know he doesn't play much, but he still did have that presence in the, in the dressing room. We had Bobby Zamora on the podcast a couple of months ago, and he said, listen, this guy is really good, like really good. And when he eventually retires, yeah, you could do a bit of coaching, but he deserves a role higher up. Got to tap into experience, and I feel like that's something West Ham should do when that time arrives. Totally agree with that. Let's quickly look ahead to the game at Old Trafford. Massive game because uh, they've had a couple of dodgy results. Uh, well, I say that actually. They obviously they they beat City, which was incredible. But what I mean is, is that the gap between us and United is a lot narrower if we win our game in hand now, and it will be a lot narrower still if we can beat them at the weekend. Um, so we've already played them twice. They were both very close games. I thought we were the better team for most of the game in the league match. I thought both teams were pretty poor in the cup match, but they only nicked it because of one error by us. So in that sense, I mean, also, of course, United are much better away. They have this incredible away record, but not so good at home. So all of those things should make us confident. How do you see it panning out? Another game where we just give possession to them for the majority of the match and hope to hit them. No, I'm actually confident for that match. I'm actually confident. I agree with you. The two, the two defeats against my United were so lucky. Sloppy defending in, in the uh, league and, listen, it required extra time for them to beat us in the cup. So I feel like we, we, there's no shame in losing to them in the past two defeats and I'm confident. I feel like the only the only sort of loss is that Lingard won't be playing because he's playing yeah. as a parent club. So that's the only loss but I feel like the players sure. 
Listen, Man United, Man City rather, two one defeat, now a loss. Didn't play at the best against Leeds, still won. I feel like momentum right now is West Ham. They can go into that match and be like, listen, we can get a result. We can get if we win, if we beat Man United, we'll put out a big statement here. We'll show, listen, we are in the hunt for top four. Like we can do it. We can definitely do it. And I feel like that should be the players' mindset heading into that match. It'll be a massive game. Massive game, actually. Really. I mean, the Tottenham game felt massive. And of course, there's the emotion in that as well because of the rivalry. But this is a real test now. We're in the business end of this hunt for Champions League place. And I think a lot of eyes will be on us in this game. And I think it's winnable. And I just hope that we don't make the same mistakes we did against Liverpool uh, last month and sort of go into it treating them with too much respect. I think they are vulnerable at Old Trafford and we got to go for the throat, haven't we? You know what? Looking back now, I think that defeat against Liverpool was sort of a blessing in disguise mm. because I'm yet to see the players sort of approach a game like that. If you yeah. know what I mean, like we, we, that match, it just seemed like the players lacked belief. They didn't have the belief they could beat Liverpool. They gave them too much respect. I haven't seen that performance on, the, on West Ham since that match yeah. against Man City. Yeah, they went a goal down, but the confident they could come back. And obviously, Isidore had that chance at the end. Now he missed the header. Could have been a two-two draw. Yeah, but I feel like the players, obviously, as you mentioned, beating Tottenham. I feel like the players look at that game and be like, "Listen, like we're here on merit. Like we're just yeah. as good as all the other teams. Like we can Man United. We can beat Man United. We have the players to do it." So I feel like that will be the players' mindset also heading into this game. Uh, right, we're going to wrap it up. Tell us what we can look forward to on the athletic this side. What you write this week? What are you writing about? So yeah, you know, got to continue the love affair for Virg- uh, Virgil Van Dorsen. Yeah, got to keep that going. And also just looking back on, um, you know, Mark Noble's career, what he could do next. So having a chat with like former teammates, former managers to uh, get their thoughts on, you know, what he should do in the next phase of his career. Fantastic. We we'll look forward to that. Uh, get all of. Uh, hold on, before. Uh, before we finish the pod, I've got to say, guys, we're doing this over Zoom. This is my first time seeing Sam's beautiful face in the best part of a year now, right yeah. now. So, How do you, you think know, I've aged since the last time you saw me? Oh, you're you're, you're aging very good, Paul. Very, very good. Very, I'm, very good. I'm trying my best, mate. I'm trying my best. I think you're looking sharp as well, but you always are. It's sickening. <laughs> if, if anything, I find it a bit depressing looking at you, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, mate, um, yeah, it's lovely to see your face, though. And, um, yeah, catch up with all of Roshane's regular brilliant writing on The Athletic about West Ham. And, of course, all the other best football writing is on there, too, on The Athletic every day. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gents. Come on, you Irons. And remember, there's only one. Samasiabu! The Athletic.